Hi everyone, I'm Ahana. And I'm Celine. And here we are again with another technical difficulties episode. Yeah, the We Are podcast. <laughs> we should just, just change our name. The technical difficulty. Basically, if if um, if you weren't aware, my computer like got fried because we went wait, to Wait, has it still not turned on? It, it we haven't gotten it fixed yet because we took it to Best Buy and they're like you have to take it to this other shop and they're only open on Monday so great lovely good, good. so we can't and Celine's school computer doesn't work because the microphone input I don't know my school computer has some issues which is gonna cause some issues so yeah yeah um and, that's fun and so basically we're kind of struggling so we're just filming on our phones. Mm. So the audio on YouTube might be really bad. <laughs> I think the audio on our phone is actually okay for some reason. So, yeah. Yeah, I have hair in my mouth. Oh, lovely. Sorry. Um, But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, today's news updates, we have, like, a couple really good ones. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was a little bit of a slower week, but there was, like, a couple, like, really good ones. There were a couple great ones. Yeah. So, um, do you want me to start us off? You go ahead. Okay. I'm, oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm going to start with kind of a huge one mm. of the week, which is about <laughs> Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump was a former president of the United States, and um, recently there was a search warrant executed at Trump's Mar-a-Lago house. Mm. Um, so the FBI got a search warrant to enter his house, which is in Palm Beach, Florida. And they entered it to basically obtain evidence about whether the mishandling of documents by Trump amounted to a violation of three criminal statutes. And statutes are, like, laws, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, the three, like, laws relate to the Espionage Act, obstruction of justice, and criminal handling of government records. So the Espionage Act is, like... um. It's basically banning getting information, like recording pictures or copying descriptions of information related to the national defense with the intent that it will either aid a foreign nation or hurt the U.S. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what the Espionage Act is. So it's is. basically treason against the country. Like, yeah, basically. Because yeah. espionage is like spying or using spies to obtain like information. So it's kind of like that, except it doesn't need to be like spying or anything. But anyways, so he's specifically being investigated um under section 793 which is gathering transmitting or losing defense information um and it specifically states that um people legally granted access to national defense documents like trump for example are subject to punishment if they improperly retain that information so if he doesn't legally get that information or like follow processes to like declassify it um and official documents like the ones found in the mar-a-lago estate um need to go to nara which is the national archives and records administration and um he didn't send them to nara he had them in his house so that's not good <laughs> um and uh, yes so let's talk about like what they found so the justice department removed 11 sets of classified documents like that's like four sets of top secret documents three sets of secret documents and three sets of confidential documents mm-hmm. um and in total the fbi collected more than 20 boxes as well as photos classified government materials in one handwritten note and um 
a conviction for violating, like, any of these laws, like the Espionage Act or the other two statutes that they're investigating, whether he um, broke, has a maximum penalty of 10 years in federal prison, and the statute for obstruction has a maximum penalty of 20 years. Um, so they're still doing investigations to decide, like, if he did violate the Espionage Act, if he did violate the other two statutes, and, um, you know, worst case scenario would be he went to jail, um, and that might happen, we don't know, um, in best case scenario, he probably gets off scotch-free. I do, I I really don't think he'll go to jail, just because of, like, the influence he has in, like, our society still, and just, like, how big of, like, a political person he is, I just don't think it's possible, but we'll see. I mean, I doubt he'll, um, go to jail, which... Because I feel like there have been other things he's done where he should have been. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know? there's... Yeah, but I just don't... I think he's too powerful to yeah. go to jail. So, yeah. we'll see. So. Okay. So, let's go on to the next update. So, this is, like, a very sad update, kind of. So, um, Serena Williams, who is, like, the biggest female mm-hmm. sports tennis player ever. Like, probably, like a household name for people that don't even like know what tennis is Mm -hmm. um so she she's like a tennis athlete and she has been one of like the biggest influences not just in tennis but in sports history altogether Mm -hmm. um she's won 23 grand slams which are like the biggest tennis tournaments Mm -hmm. that you can win they're like basically basically like i would compare them to like the nfl Okay. Like like how the and like the how the Super Bowl is to Americans a Grand Slam is like basically the equivalent to that in mm-hmm. tennis and they happen there's like four different ones a year which sounds like a lot but they're for each different country because tennis is like a global sport mm-hmm. um so it's like a very very big title and she won 23 of them and so that means she's won the most Grand Slams behind like one person um she has literally been in such a big influence and also like helped a lot of women like who are women of color like she's helped them sort of realize that they can like be athletic and play sports and mm-hmm. she's fought a lot of like sexism and racism in yeah. her career mm-hmm. which is something that she like talks about a lot um how she how her like her gender and race play a lot into like how media treats her and just mm-hmm. how her career has like flowed throughout these past like decades even she's played Mm -hmm. for a very long time but recently she did a interview with vogue in which she basically alluded to the fact that she was going to retire which is such a big deal Mm -hmm. because she's been playing for so long and she's the biggest she's considered the greatest all of all time female tennis player Mm-hmm. she said quote maybe the best word to describe what i'm up to is evolution i'm here to tell you that i'm evolving away from tennis towards other things that are important to me so she basically saying that she's um planning to retire soon a lot of people are predicting after the u.s open which is a grand slam for the u.s you know mm-hmm. if she wins that it would be like a big hurrah right um and also she said that the reason for this is because she, like, wants to do other things and she feels like it's her time. Um, She mentioned, like, wanting to expand her family. So she's, like, mm-hmm. 40 years old. She's almost 41. And so she kind of, like, she only has one kid who's, like, really young. And she kind of, uh, she alluded to the fact that she wants more. So that's, like, kind of, like, probably one of the reasons she wants to stop. And she also talked about how, like, pregnancy affected her so much. Mm-hmm. Um, A fun fact is she, like, won a Grand Slam when she was two months pregnant. Wow. Which is, that's like, really impressive. Impre- yeah, yeah. it's impressive um yeah so 
she she talked a lot about her experience and it was a really interesting interview um but she basically said that the countdown has begun so mm-hmm. good for her and i think her legacy speaks for itself honestly yeah. all right all right um so my next update is also a pretty important one if I can find it. Um, yeah. And it's about Salman Rushdie. And oh. he was stabbed. And mm-hmm. let's talk a little about who he is first off. So he's a famous author. And he's 75 years old. Um, he's written over a dozen books. Including Midnight's Children. The Golden House. Um, and a very controversial book. Called The Satanic Verses. Mm-hmm. So um, just as some background quickly on him though. He was born in India. And grew up in England. And um he published the satanic verses 33 years ago and over those 33 years he's gotten so much backlash and death threats like he's had to go in hiding and uh basically the book was banned in several countries and uh yeah it's really controversial so the satanic verses has two like main characters who are indian muslims living in england and there's a lot of content in it kind of like questioning the islam religion or like um mocking it in a way a lot of people interpreted it as like mocking the religion so a lot of people were mad about it and um many muslims who were like followers of the islam religion found it to be very offensive and there were violent protests protests like around the world for the book and other people connected to the novels were threatened too like a Japanese scholar who translated the book was actually killed in 1991, um, even though he just translated it. Oh my and God. in 1989, Iran's leader um, called for Rushdie's assassination and put a bounty on him for his death. Oh. Yeah, of several million dollars. I so can't believe I've never heard of him before. Like, yeah, no, I didn't know he existed until like he like yesterday yeah i know i i mean i've never like read his books or anything yeah. um now i'm really curious though yeah. um but yeah so basically he was extremely hated and um he was giving a lecture in new york on friday and he was talking at the um Chautauqua institution about his experience of being like an exiled writer and um he was seated and being introduced when his attacker rushed on stage and just started assaulting him he was stabbed in the neck and abdomen and stabbed and punched 10 to 15 times and then like the attacker was subdued and he was sent to the hospital but yeah his agent andrew wiley said the writer uh was on a ventilator friday evening with a damaged liver severed nerves in his arm and an eye he was likely to lose which is terrible yeah but um actually recently um he was taken today he was taken off his ventilator and is starting to recover so it looks like he'll be okay but still like that's not at all um and the uh the attacker was identified as haiti matar 24 years old um from new jersey and he was arrested at the scene and awaiting arraignment which is like sentencing and he was born a decade after the satanic verses was published and the motive for the attack was unclear but it probably has something to do with the fact that he's a very controversial author um that's a good bet um but anyways the attacker pleaded not guilty which it's like, dude, that like, doesn't even make sense. How are you gonna like, get you away? Like you went with up that? in a stage in front of us, so many people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. To charges of second degree attempted murder and second degree assault with intent to cause physical injury with a deadly weapon, he just pleaded not guilty. How is that second degree? Um, it should be first degree. Yeah, I mean. Okay. Well, Go yeah, ahead. I don't know. 
good point. Uh, but he faces up to 32 years if convicted of both charges. Um, so, yeah, basically, that's in crazy situation. I did not know the full story about that. I heard it everywhere, but that's, like, mm-hmm. really weird that that happened. Just, like, that he wrote a book and he got that much... I was... The thing I was most, like, um, shocked about was that the, like leader of iran like put like a bounty on his head to kill him yeah i'm not like, surprised though because I, I, yeah but i just yeah. feel like i mean i get well no i don't get it like i'm not like oh yeah but, but like yeah. i guess it makes sense because like there's a like the the middle eastern countries a lot of them have very radical islamic mm-hmm. beliefs so i could see yeah. how they could be very like offended yeah. by it and see it as like treason to their religion do you know what religion he was Mm, that's a good question. I think he actually okay. grew. I think his parents were, might have been Muslim, but um, so I he had to have known a lot about the Muslim religion to like base a book. Oh, he's an okay. atheist, so he came. Oh, but from he a Muslim. grew up in a Muslim family. Okay, and yeah. now he's an atheist. He's an atheist. Okay, that makes sense though. Yeah, because I feel like if you m- move apart from a religion, then you probably have a lot so, to say. Yeah, about. basically, he was kind of like exposing what he felt were potential flaws in the religion i guess and a lot of people didn't like that and saw it as like disrespectful and offensive so okay that makes sense Mm -hmm. okay um so the next update we have is about russia and ukraine which (laughs) it's not doing too well oh no (laughs) i thought that and like a couple months ago there we did an update where it was like things are looking up like Mm -hmm. yay I feel like that happens a lot. It's kind of like things are looking better, and then, like, two weeks later, it's like there's an attack, and... Yeah. But basically, Russia and Ukraine isn't looking too great right now. I know for the past couple weeks, we haven't done, like, a full-on Russian-Ukraine one. We've just done, like, Brittany Griner and stuff like that. But, um, basically, the biggest advancement, I would say, that's been going on is about this nuclear plant called Zapor... Zaporizhia. Zaporizhia. I don't I'm know if that's right. That. Hold I, on. I can't. I I'm really good at my pronunciation. pronunciation is going to be worse. Zaporizhia. I think that's right. Zaporizhia. Zaporizhia. I don't know. I was practicing this yesterday and I don't know anymore. Anyways, I, yeah. but basically, um, this is a really weird sort of situation because it is like the largest nuclear power plant in mm-hmm. Europe, and it is in a very strategic and very important location in the southern Ukrainian city of Nikopol. Mm -hmm. But it is currently being ran by Ukrainian technicians, but it's under Russian occupation, which is confusing to me because if it's under Russian occupation, you would think that like they wouldn't allow the Ukrainian technicians to run it. But it's basically what happened is that they're it's still being run the way that it used to be. It's just now that Russians have control over it, okay. basically, um, which is very scary considering yeah. that like they have occupation over a nuclear plant in the mm-hmm. middle of a strategic location yeah. in Ukraine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's not good considering no. the fact that they're trying to take over Ukraine. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely scary. But recently, the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, said that he would um, and the the Ukrainian government would make any person who shot out of that like nuclear plant, any Russian soldier who used it as cover or used it to shoot um, would be a special target, meaning that they would target people specifically who are using 
the plant as Russian, like, soldier bases, almost, or, like, as shooting places, or as nuclear blackmail, so, he basically said that, like, they're gonna, like, basically try as best they can to, um, sort of prevent that plant from being misused in some way, but it, I, I mean, I guess, like, I'm not really sure what to say. Like, that's just a bad, crappy situation. Yeah. Um, hopefully, the threat kind of works. But honestly, Russia has not been known to back down. And they are definitely not backing down at the right. moment. Um, so it's, like, really scary just to see that. And, like, you don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, they're so unpredictable, as we've seen in the past, mm-hmm. like, year. That, like, we don't know what's going to happen with this at all. Hopefully, that... Um, he's hopefully that they're able to do something but i i definitely don't know Mm -hmm. but um a lot of other countries in the g7 specifically and in case you weren't wondering the g7 is like a group of countries like wealthier countries Uh that meet together and like have summits and like just talk about world issues and a lot of those countries are just like more developed countries Mm -hmm. um i think the u.s is in it and a couple of like other foreign ministers are in it but they basically have a lot of pushback against russia occupying this Mm -hmm. plant as well as the un um in fact a lot of the people including the un said that like um this military activities in front of the nuclear plant endanger nuclear security he even one of the un secretaries said that it could lead to disaster if russia keeps continuing it um russia has constantly denied doing anything wrong with the plant or at the plant but you know everyone's pretty skeptical of what happened what's happening um in other russian ukraine news two russian missiles hit kharkiv overnight on saturday and they're basically still shelling bombing you know doing whatever they can to take control of ukraine the end is not really near no one knows when it's gonna end Mm -hmm. it 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 is scary for so many people in ukraine i feel like our media kind of forgot about the war now right like it it's it's so sad because if something huge didn't happen we kind of stop like caring or like Mm -hmm. like even like thinking about what's going on there even though like it's still happening it hasn't ended yet and even when it does end there's still gonna be a lot of damage done and yeah Mm -hmm. and it's 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 sad to see that like media is like that it's it's just so common that like when the uh, headlines are hot it stays it has attention it has so much attention but the Mm -hmm. second it gets old in like a week or two it's gone and no one cares about it again yeah so this is just us reminding you to like keep caring about the situation and it's not Mm -hmm. getting any better there's still so many people innocent civilians who are dying and it's Mm -hmm. it's just super sad but yeah um we'll always as always link the donation Mm -hmm. spots in the bio please help out and spread awareness yeah. And keep Ukraine in your thoughts. Yes, okay. I, I agree. Um, So that'll be it for the first half. Yes. Um, But stay tuned for the second half. We have some more very important updates. And yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. All right. Bye. Hi, everyone. I'm Ahana. And I'm Celine. And welcome back to this episode. I don't know why we did the intro. I, I don't know. I was... I was... <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start it off. Okay. Because we have two more updates after this one Mm -hmm. and let's talk about airplane stuff 
Okay. Okay. So this is like a cool update that my mom told me about, and it was mm-hmm. basically it's kind of just fun. It it doesn't really have any relevance, but okay, <laughs> it's fun. Uh-huh. I guess it does have relevance. No, it does have relevance. I'm gonna connect it to relevant to be relevant. Okay. okay so well, as we know, <laughs> stop explaining yourself and just yeah, the global warming is like really bad at the mm-hmm. moment. It's probably the worst we've ever seen it. Obviously, because yeah. it can't get better at the rate we're going. Yeah. Um. Emissions are at an all-time high. We are just basically killing our planet. Yeah. 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 And um, it, it's very sad to see how high everything's heating up. Like, mm-hmm. we live in a place that used to be very cold, and now it's, like, burning every day. Mm-hmm. So, that's cute. And then, um, a fun fact is that the Arctic is eating up four times as fast as the rest of the planet, which is devastating because the arctic is the place where it's coldest and where all the like you know pet polar bears and stuff live so it's mm-hmm. like just really sad to see that their environment's just being destroyed because mm-hmm. of us um and this update kind of has to do with all of this um so the soaring temperatures across the world are prompting places everywhere to have melting glaciers um and one of these places is switzerland so melting glacier glaciers are basically just chunks of ice in the ocean basically um and they're melting really rapidly now because of the heat um so in switzerland two hikers were like hiking upon like the parts of switzerland when they came across a glacier where they found human bones So, these were two French alpinists that found human bones while scaling the Chestion Glacier in the southern canton of Valais, a police spokesperson said on Monday. So, the skeleton was attained from the glacier by a helicopter. Um, The bones were discovered near, like, a path on the glacier, and they only found their discovery because they were, like, using an old map that they, I think they, like, went in the wrong way, and they, like, accidentally stumbled across this. Um... So it was it was really just weird for them to come across mm-hmm. that. Um but they were able to like discover that the person was died sometimes around the seventies or eighties. Mm-hmm. And a week earlier another body had been found on another glacier, um, which is in, in Switzerland. So it was kind of like, oh my god, <laughs> there's like a lot of bodies wow, in glaciers. Yeah. Um but police in the Alpine region ma- maintain a list of about three hundred people who have gone missing since nineteen twenty five. And they believe that like these three people that were found in the past couple weeks might have been linked to these missing people um so um one of the hikers that discovered the body told the newspaper that the clothes they found were like neon colored so that's like maybe it was in the 80s versus the 70s and you know like because neon was in fashion Mm -hmm. um and the corpse is kind of mummified and slightly damaged but also but mostly complete um Mm. and also in the first week of august another like guy discovered a wreckage of a plane that crashed over the glacier so there's just like a lot of glacier like mysteries and it kind of just goes to show that like not only is global warming like (laughs) really bad and like melting all the glaciers but it's also like leading to like show us some stuff that like we've never seen before yeah which is like it just goes to show that like so much of the world is unknown and it's just it's mm-hmm. really weird to think about that there could just be like people and glaciers that we never knew about yeah it's there could be like plane clashes that we didn't know about and stuff like that yeah so. it's interesting that we discovered that so. yeah yeah 
All right. Are you ready to move on? Yes. Okay. So this will be my last update, and it's okay. um this is pretty sad. I mean, it's good because dogs were saved, but it's sad they had to be saved yeah. in the first place. So four thousand beagles were actually rescued and are looking for new homes after being held by a Virginia facility, and this facility was breeding them to be sold to laboratories like for drug experiments, mm-hmm. and um one of the this is one of the largest canine rescue efforts in U.S. history. So so it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And um, animal rescue organizations started to, like, take the beagles away from the facility. And shelters from, like, around the country, like Illinois, Pittsburgh, um, have begun receiving the dogs. And then they'll have to get, like, medical exams, vaccinations, and other treatments. And then they'll be able to be adopted by people. So they'll be available for adoption. And yeah. um, the dogs arriving at the shelters actually got there a month after they were rescued from the facility, which took place in July. Yeah. And um, they were rescued due to a court order. And the facility was called the Invigo Breeding and Research Facility, and it was in Cumberland. And the dogs there, like, they were being sold for research, like pharmaceutical and biotech research. Mm-hmm. It was really terrible. Um, and the company stated that, like, animal welfare was one of their highest priorities which clearly was not true yeah yeah Mm -hmm. federal but like federal inspections showed that like many of the dogs lived in terrible conditions like for example some of them were malnourished sick or injured um they were some of them were kept in cages and had to poop in there and more than 300 puppies actually died at the facility between january and july of last year which is devastating um, and they would perform, like, all these experiments on them that were painful without sedatives. And it was, like, truly awful. Um, but I'm so happy that some of them were able to be rescued and will find new homes. Like, the past weekend, there was, like, a Suds and Netflix thing that was hosted for the dogs. And it was, like, uh, they received their first bath ever and, like, watched a movie. And it was really cute. Um, but on the topic of this, animal abuse is really terrible. And... I want to talk about kind of, like, what you can do, and one of the biggest things is, like, donating to animal shelters like these, like, the shelter that was able to, like, help these animals and take them in, the more money they have, the more Mm -hmm. resources they can help all those animals out there, um, and then also adopting pets from shelters and, like, rescue dogs, giving them home is awesome, and fostering them, too, um, and um posting about it spreading awareness telling your friends telling your family and you know if you see anyone mistreating an animal calling a hotline or the humane society and just making sure that you know the situation yeah i think it's really important to do that and Mm -hmm. it's like i can't believe that that's legal (sighs) it makes me mad (laughs) i mean it's not really legal no but like it's like the government's not strict enough to the point yeah. where it's like uh-huh. it basically is, you know. Yeah, because they were kept there for a while. I yeah, mean, obviously they were rescued, and it was publicly point, known. Like yeah. we've seen so many posts on social media about it, and it's just sad to see how slow people are to get there. And the right. like occurrence of puppy mills, which are basically similar conditions, mm-hmm. um, like those still happen. And I think there's some legislation that needs to change because obviously mm-hmm. it is illegal for like that level of animal like um, abuse to happen, right. but. In a sense, it's just not doing enough to the point where it's like it is legal because it's mm-hmm. still happening. So it's it's exactly. definitely not being acted upon enough. Uh-huh. And, you know, I think everyone has a soft spot for animals and it's just devastating. Yeah. And like, I can't believe that people have the nerve to do that. Like, how could yeah. you be a human who has a life and do that to another life? Like, I know, like, 
it's beyond it's terrible like it's one thing if it happens to other humans which obviously is terrible but i just feel like dogs are like there's like they didn't do anything to you like yeah they don't even like there's zero motive you could have had like motive is not the only motive is profit like money money yeah but no yeah it's It's terrible yeah with that being said, we'll end it off on a little bit of a better, lighthearted note. Mm-hmm. Um, school's starting. Our school starts to... Well, well um, to, uh, Ahana has to go in tomorrow for freshman day. But tomorrow from um, when we post this episode. Um, But yeah. 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 So as in technically today but yeah you don't talk about so um in a lot of schools like um, freshmen have school the day before the rest of the school and so i have to go help out with that because i'm a part of student council yeah. um but i'm looking forward to that <laughs> have to wake up at 6 a.m which is lovely but you know I, hopefully it's fun at seven during the school year i don't care what happens yeah <laughs> i normally don't wake up for I, I feel like i can get right like all I have to do is brush my teeth and get dressed, because I make my lunch the night before, so, like, and I shower the night before, so, like, how long does that take? Like, ten minutes, probably. Yeah, I mean, getting ready and, like, stuff and... I don't understand how some people wake up at, like, 6 or, like, 5.30. Yeah, like, I mean, like, no, you do what you like, want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah if you're a morning person, then sure, I just don't get it, personally. Yeah, because I'm so, not a morning yeah, person. Like, survive like yeah that's definitely um, not me but like i i honestly respect it if you can do that good for you <laughs> yeah no great you probably are getting stuff done and like uh getting on the right foot for your day because you're not rushing and like, yeah. working out and not eating bre- yeah. oh i don't eat breakfast during the school year which is it's, probably that's bad definitely not good not for you I, that my goal for this year is to meal prep uh-huh. and i started doing that today so i can like have my lunches ready and eat breakfast because breakfast is good for you <laughs> yeah i like the idea of like meal prepping but i never fall through i just like do i I know i'm not gonna end up doing it in like a month but i like doing the fancy things like looking at ideas on like pinterest and like having the all the little things and like making like waffles and doing all this stuff and it's not gonna happen i know it's not gonna happen but you can dream yeah anyways on like that's basically just our scoop on school but because school's starting it's like a lot of emotions surrounding school Mm -hmm. like a lot of people hate it there's a lot of bullying that goes on but at the same time a lot of people love it because they're Mm -hmm. able to get away from like home situations that might not be the best and it's also just like for other people can just be like a place where they get to meet their friends and just have fun in clubs and all sorts of things like that so i definitely think school can be both a good and bad thing in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways but just a couple of tips just to as the school year start is to prepare ahead of time for things i know everyone's a procrastinator especially in high school but just Mm -hmm. making sure that you like have everything up to date and like keeping a planner even can be so helpful um Mm -hmm. learning coping techniques for the start of the school year where you basically just like help yourself get through anxiety and just nervous breakdowns can be Mm -hmm. so helpful and we're actually doing an episode about all of this on friday and it will come out on friday so stay tuned for that yeah for more details um staying connected with social connections can help you so much because you know a lot of people think school is just academic academic but if you don't have a social like sort of you know connection with other people then it can really take a toll on you and so it's important to stay connected with not only the kids but also the staff and just things that are going on and the last little tip we have for you before we go is to keep the conversation going so that means basically like it's 
when school ends at whatever time school doesn't actually end all the problems inside school all the things that are going on inside school still continue outside of that so if you see someone struggling or not doing good in school when you're in school when you're out of school maybe try helping them yeah. and like you know get them help do anything for them you know have talk about things that you feel like are important that you need to you know educate others about and just you know keep everyone aware and just yeah 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 i agree um and i think um yeah i mean definitely like having connections to people and also like trying to be organized and we'll make an episode about all of this too so yeah that's pretty yeah. much all i've got but all right happy school year <laughs> yeah our good news is that we're starting school and it's also our bad news <laughs> yeah i don't i don't i mean i'm like I, i'm not really coming to terms with it every school year it just feels like I'm going to be going in for, like, a week, and then it's summer again. Like, yeah. I feel like I just can't imagine going for, like, a whole other year, which is a lot. Um, yeah. But, you know, it'll be... We'll yeah. see. We're I, living in the moment, I guess. You know what? Live in the present. What do you always say? Live in the present, because it's called the present, because it's a no, gift. No, no. It's what? like, like, the present... Is a gift. No, no, no. Wait, oh, hold yeah. on. My dad always says this, and I always say it because my dad says it. I, <laughs> anyways, it's like, it's called the present... No, no. Be grateful for now because it's... Wait. Because the present is a gift. Wait, it's called the present because it's a gift. I think it's just that. I don't don't really know. But anyways, live in the moment. Um, Stay tuned. Follow us at weare underscore youth.org and our website weare-youth.org. Follow the podcast and share anything that you want to hear. Yeah, exactly. All right, bye. Hi everyone, I'm Ahana. And I'm Celine. And welcome to another episode at the We, we Are podcast. podcast. So, today we have a news update. Mm-hmm. Back at it again. Mm-hmm. Before we start, school started for us last week, so let's just talk a little bit about that. How was, how's the first week of school been for you? Um, It was pretty good. It was, like, chaotic and very tiring on the first day. Oh, yeah. And it just, like, felt weird, like, being back. Um... And it was just a bit of an adjustment, like, waking up and doing everything. But it's a, it's been okay, and hopefully I'll transition more next week, so. Yeah, I'm honestly fine with it. Like, I'd rather be in school than, like, have nothing to yeah. do because it's, like, I'm bored otherwise. I, I'm, I'm still kind of bored because we don't even have any work yet. But, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, better, mm-hmm. better something than nothing. Yeah, it, like, gives me a routine to follow, which can be good and bad because then you get, like, bored of the routine. And it's because it's like the same thing every day, but it also gives you like something to like, like having a schedule and like having this routine that you follow. So knowing what's going to happen is nice. Yeah. Okay. So let's start off with the first update. And this is like a continuation update. And I am so happy about this. So we're just opening it with a bit of good news. But the inflation reduction bill has finally passed and been That's signed amazing. into legislation. That's Ooh, so good. I'm so excited. I'm very happy. Yeah. So, just for a bit of background, this was a $750 billion bill, which is a lot of money. so much, like almost a trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, it was signed into law by President Biden this week, and it's basically like the main goals of it were to combat climate change, healthcare, and like inflation. So just like helping the economy in general. Um, and it is the biggest bill ever to be put towards environmental protection and climate change. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very big deal. It gives $369 billion in climate initiatives to clean energy. And the main one of the main goals about this climate portion of the bill is to eliminate 
eat, uh, uh, eliminate gas emissions by 40% by 2040 or 2030, mm-hmm. actually, um, which is crazy. Like, yeah. that's almost half in 10 years, or less yeah. than 10 years, even. Yeah, yeah. And it's absolutely insane, and I'm so, so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very grateful that the they were able to pass this. I know there was, like, a thing going around where you could call your senator, and I'm grateful that we were able to, like, do that and um, that the senators, like hopefully listen to people i mean i don't probably um and got we got the chance to like share opinion and that they passed it so that's really great yeah um so this bill contains a lot of different things um it invests in a lot of marginalized communities meaning like underprivileged communities that have had a lot of discrepancies when it comes to health care and income so it's going to help a lot of those communities and it also opens up a lot of clean jobs which is so nice because mm-hmm. clean jobs are like really essential especially like in our society today um and it, it will help not only like reduce unemployment rates but it'll also help us like create jobs that are better for our world and it's just such a good bill overall Mm -hmm. um i'm so happy that it got signed in it is like also um good for the biden administration which is kind of like unrelated but it targets a lot of their goals um and it kind Mm -hmm. of gives him more credibility even though it wasn't necessarily created by him but you know it's kind of like um he's accomplished this huge like being able to pass this huge bill during his presidency which gives him like a kind of like thing that he accomplished like yeah and the same thing would go for any president if they accomplish the goals that they said they would on their path i guess on their like campaigning um then that immediately just like gives them more credibility but again we've talked about this before biden's current like um approval ratings have been dropping rapidly yeah so this is kind of important for him as a person Mm -hmm. just to like gain back some trust maybe and hopefully like you know for him just gaining back like a higher opinion yeah from people yeah yeah definitely so Basically, this is, like, a huge bill, and it also is really good for the economy because one of the goals is to raise over $700 billion in income over 10 years for the government. Um, It has a lot of things to help uh, afford health care and, like, a lot of different, just, like, so many different things. And if you want to learn more, like, about the different aspects of this bill i would suggest like googling yourself but just know that the main things are targeting climate change like the economy helping with inflation and all that and also helping a lot with health health care and different marginalized communities which is so cool and i'm super glad it's happening yeah me too all right so congratulations to the world our country i guess <laughs> yeah um that's pretty awesome all right all right um the next update yeah I'll yeah do let's do this um, we might make a Funday Friday about this, too, because yeah, we have very um, strong feelings. It's it's kind of a big deal. So Andrew Tate was banned off of Facebook and Instagram. And first of all, let's let's talk about, like, who he is. Um, so he um, started kind of gaining popularity when he was, like, on a TV show called Big Brother in 2016. And he was also a kickboxer, too, so a lot of people know him for that, yeah. too. Um, but he was removed from the series after a video was released that showed him beating a woman. Um, and then since that time, he has received, like, backlash, but also a lot of followers and a lot of popularity. Um, 
especially on social media for like his posts and his content he is an extremely misogynistic person mm-hmm. like, like very really much so bad. like it's not in debate that he's misogynistic he said that about himself actually um yeah. and for example like he said women belong in the home he said rape victims are responsible for what happened to them um he said a lot of things about like basically like, promoting rape and like pedophilia and like a lot yeah. of different things like pretty and disgusting he, comments and like things he said about like women being their husband's property yeah woman owing their husband some like a cut of their salary yeah. woman not being able to have multiple partners but men should be able to have multiple partners just like super double standard sexist things yeah and also that like men are smarter like all the all this different all these different like comments and he actually said like um quote he's absolutely a misogynist like he made it very clear that he's misogynistic like he didn't try to to hide it he even said quote i'm a realist and when you're a realist you're sexist there's no way you can be rooted in reality and not be sexist like and like i listened to a podcast with him and like a lot of the things he words are worded so strategically like he he'd say things like if being if me saying this and being realistic about this makes me sexist then i'm sexist but it's your opinion for me this is what is real and this is what is real and if that's sexist then i'm sexist he's one of those people that uses like like very false logic that like when you really dig into it it doesn't really make that much sense but he makes it sound like so believable like logical and believable so what really disappoints me about this is that like ahana like showed me this video of like um a podcast of him like i just scrolled through the comments for like an hour to find one comment that was actually like hating on him like Like everyone everyone was like supporting him and like he's just speaking facts like all this stuff and it was like like the influence this guy has over so many young people like young boys especially is truly terrifying because when you're in that impressionable age and there are people and you watch a video of that and you read the comments and everyone's like oh this guy is great then you might start thinking okay maybe he's true like maybe what he's saying is true Mm -hmm. which is extremely dangerous because that's just breeding a race of like misogynistic people um and it's just really, like, sad and really, he's, like, terrible person. So. Yeah. And it's also, like, he's so convincing. Like, mm-hmm. the things he says absolutely have zero, like, actual logic behind them. And a lot of what he uses as evidence for what he says is, like, yeah. his personal experiences. He's like, personally, in my experience, I've never met, like, a smart, like, female chess player, which means that men are just naturally more intelligent when it comes Wait, to that's that. that's, like, there's so many different intelligent yeah. female chess players out there. And there's also there's so, so many, many factors that goes into it, yeah, too, that, yeah. like, you can't account for, like, historical disadvantage woman not being introduced to the field of chess due to like misogynistic views by our society and there's just like so many different things that go into it that isn't necessarily just men are more intelligent like it's it's not a black and white thing there's a lot of you know complexity to it so taking a black and white view is not what we should do and it's like some of his views are so like antiquated like they're rooted in the way past when we were like more of a sexist society like we've moved past that why can't we just be past that like women are not property we've realized that a long time ago so like why are we still even having this conversation exactly it's 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 devastating but yeah recently okay recently and this is the good part um he was banned off of um sorry instagram and facebook which is now called meta 
which is yeah. so weird I first did. of all but that's like, off topic because like i was reading their article and they're like he got banned off meta and i'm like what the heck is meta it, it's <laughs> and facebook. then i'm like oh right facebook i don't um, know why they did that but yeah so um he actually though like before he was banned off of facebook he had 4.7 million um like followers that the account is the time his account was removed which is like that's a lot of people and thousands of more people follow him on his various like tiktok spam accounts and instagram as well and a lot of people don't even follow him but they just listen to him and agree with him which is scary like he he's kind of known for doing like advice videos to men um where he's like saying all the stuff about women that's like sexist like advice like he literally said that he wouldn't give a man like mouth-to-mouth cpr if they were dying because it's like gay that is messed up. Like, like you should you prioritize. Die. You should prioritize saving someone's life above anything else. Like, that's just that's just called not caring about someone else's life. And he's filthy rich too. He's like yeah, half yeah. a billion net worth. Probably was he born rich? Like, did he come from? Rich I think family, so. I think okay. so. But he also like he has this like business thing where he like teaches people how to like be business savvy and he makes a lot of money off of that it's like a school type don't thing. whatever you do like don't support him don't like well i guess you can't really follow him now because he was banned but like don't do anything to support him or like give him more money than he already has like he should not be getting any more money he should not be getting any more likes or like yeah. the only comments he should be getting are hate comments like yeah. disagreeing with him and saying like hey that's like yeah and we like definitely don't contone hate comments but like but calling someone out i don't is mean important. hate comments as in like like death go kill it, yourself yeah. or something i mean hate comments as in like i totally disagree with the, what you're saying and like giving yeah, logical like, explanation it's, not hate for comments, why. it's like not hate comics realistic exactly, like, comments. yeah yeah like calling him out and yeah. i think the the thing that's scary about this like it's good that he's being banned but what's scary is how much power he's gotten in the first place yeah. and how many little boys are being influenced by him already mm-hmm. which is like so scary to see because they're so they're so impressionable and the yeah. fact that like he's so confident in what he says and he's so convincing is like scary because yeah. he makes like an imprint on these people's minds yeah. and it's like sad. if you just look at how many followers he has if you look at the comments on some of his videos like i wouldn't have believed it if someone told me yeah there are people who support him i would have been like no like there's, there's no yes, way yes. there's 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 no way anyone could support such a messed up person but but it, people do and that's what um really makes it terrible and so um i think if you do support him then please please like there's a door <laughs> yeah yeah seriously um but also like just get educated educate about yourself it, yeah. in in because like, most of what he's saying isn't no not most of it like all of what he's saying isn't true like yeah. or it's oversimplified yeah or it's oversimplified like yeah in and honestly i don't even blame all of his followers because they're so impressionable and they're honestly they're at that when you're that young it's kind of and i'm young too i'm acting like i'm 40 but <laughs> like when you're young it's like but you, especially if you're like, yeah you know like a really young kid like yeah, eight like, or something it's like the first thing you see that you think that the, that someone tells you and is confident about and they're so assuring about it you yeah. kind of believe yeah and that's and then, so dangerous and then when everyone in the comments is affirming it because like i'm like i feel 
feel like so many people out there are like including me like I'll see a video and I'll like think it's funny and then I read the comments and no one else does and I'm like oh okay never mind like because I like go by what the majority is saying or like what everyone in the comments is uh, I'll just agree with them because I'm like oh even if that means changing my view so I think having also people in the comments affirming that also makes it damaging too especially to young kids so yeah yeah so yeah um glad he got banned but he should be in i want him to go to jail and like i don't know i just think he should like not have a media presence at all i think he should just like yeah it's scary i yeah he's terrible yeah and what's weird is like he doesn't even so he doesn't have a tiktok account but how he got so famous was mostly off of tiktok because his following makes spam accounts and they post clips of his podcast that goes viral and he got so much fame off that so like the way he's able to market himself and like make the ridiculous things he's saying believable is scary yeah like it's so scary yeah but anyway yeah moving on to another update um I'm going to talk about Russia and Ukraine. Okay. So, Russia and Ukraine, like we talked about last week, the main thing that's been going on is mostly about this power plant called the Zaporizhia power plant. And it is a major, major nuclear power plant in Europe. It is very strategically located and s- situated in a very important location in this southern Ukrainian city of Nikopol. I talked about this... Um, thing last week and for a quick recap it's basically a power plant that's super important a very large nuclear power plant Mm -hmm. it is under the operation of ukrainian technicians but russian soldiers have actually like occupied it technically so they technically have like the occupation control aspect of it um and it has been a super stressful point because it has like nuclear power in it like if if for some reason russia did something and like manipulated that power plant or like did some sort of damage to the power plant then that could be like a international security threat Mm -hmm. it's so dangerous and this is why it's been gaining so much attention um Mm -hmm. um before like last week um i mentioned how Zelensky said that it would he would like there would be dire consequences if he saw russians like shooting at the power plant or like doing anything to the power plant um but recently they actually have made some advancements on this thing um there's been a lot of shellings happening near this place um he basically like what's happening is like they're russia's basically saying they have like nothing to do with it they're like oh we're not shelling anything like we're not doing anything to their power plant but they're obviously are like they have there's so much stuff going on in that area earlier this week actually the facility came under artillery fire and moscow and kiev blamed each other for it and kiev is like the capital of ukraine and moscow is the capital of russia and so they're kind of like blaming each other for the fires which like how could you blame ukraine for firing at its own nuclear plant i don't really know or like starting like a sort of conflict near the nuclear plant i don't really know but Russia's strongly denying everything, but they're obviously, like, causing a lot of issues there. Yeah. Um, recently, I think one of the biggest things that happened is that the UN Secretary General actually said that any damage to this plant would be suicide to Russia, which is a big step because mm-hmm. the UN represents a large, like, plethora of international countries, very powerful countries, might I add. So by them saying that it would be suicide for Russia to um, damage or, like, take over the plan that's basically saying that like 
we will get internationally involved if something happens to this nuclear yeah. plant. Yeah. So it is a very, very big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, fighting has intensified around this plant, and it has been, like, one of the major points, but it, it's a pretty big deal. And in other Russian-Ukraine news, Singapore actually sanctioned Russia as well. Um, what are sanctions, Celine? Um, So sanctions are, like, punishments you can place down in a country um, for, like, following through with certain actions. Like, we place sanctions on Russia after they invaded Ukraine, like, stopping trade or, like, economic sanctions or, yeah. Yeah. So it's basically just, like, economic or otherwise punishments to Mm -hmm. sort of, like, punish you or Russia for, like, invading Ukraine. And Singapore recently joined a list of countries that are sort of punishing them in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's the next update. Let's go to the last update. All right, this will be the last update of this half. Hold on. Let me get to it. Let's see. Which one are we going to do? Hmm. Mm. It's always a little gambling game. I know. <laughs> oh, that's not my update. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. This is... Okay. Um. So my next update is about... Lindsey Graham and Lindsey Graham was ordered to appear before the court and he um he's a senator of South Carolina by the way um and he was ordered to appear before an Atlanta jury investigating former president Donald Trump who's also you know going through the whole Mar-a-Lago search there's a there's a lot of stuff about Trump on the internet right now (laughs) um so Graham actually like requested to avoid testifying, but um he legally has to do so because the court like wouldn't like agree with his request. Like they were like, no, we still like want you to come in. And the investigation is over attempts from Trump and his allies to overturn the election loss, which happened in November of twenty twenty when it was like Trump running against Biden. And um the Fulton County District Attorney's Office is, like, the thing that's, like, leading the probe into the actions of Trump and his allies, basically figuring out, like, whether he did try to, like, kind of, like, what's the word? Whether there was, like, foul play, basically. Yeah. Um, and... <clears throat> They've expressed interest in questioning Graham about conversations he had in the wake of the election. So, like, after the election with Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and also, like, other things they wanted to question him in and just bring him in for more, like, context about that. Um, And his testimony could, like, prove their point about Trump. And um, the question of whether Graham testifies is up to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit, um, where he, Graham, like, filed an emergency appeal on Friday, basically saying, like, he didn't want to go in and testify, um, but we'll see what the U.S. Court of Appeals says, and, yeah, so that's basically what's happening there, so. Okay, interesting. This Trump case has been, like, one of the biggest hot topics in the news, and I definitely am curious to see what happens, but. Me too. Yeah, we'll see, and Mar-a-Lago too, I'm very curious. Yeah, by the way. The Mar-a-Lago is basically like a search that happened. Yeah, in Trump's a search staff. of his Mar-a-Lago home where they found like classified documents that he wasn't really like supposed to just have laying around the house, so he could be like arrested potentially. That would be the like worst case he could be arrested. Yeah. So. so we'll definitely yeah. keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and with that being said, that ends our first half. Stay tuned for more updates. All right, bye. <sighs> Hi everyone, welcome back from the break. Hello, welcome back, everyone. Okay, do you want to start it off, or shall I? Um, you can start us off. Okay, let's talk about opioids. 
Okay. Woo. No, not, not woo. woo. Very not unwoo. unwoo. <laughs> Anyways, um, opioids. What are opioids? So opioids are like painkillers, but um, there was kind of like this whole. We actually we made an episode about this actually, yeah. like the opioid crisis, the opioid pandemic no epidemic (laughs) Epidemic, sorry (laughs) whatever you want to call it but um it was like this huge thing where like opioids were like used as painkillers but people got so addicted because they had like these really addictive qualities and they're being prescribed by doctors but they were extremely addictive people like died from it and people also um like got addicted to like drugs like heroin because of it and it was like this huge thing um but uh, yeah just it still is a huge thing it is I would a huge say. thing and opioids are just basically like a form of painkillers that can be prescribed by doctors yeah um yeah and it's basically like how a lot of people start taking opioids is because they get prescribed them um mm. because of you know they got ill or they like, broke their leg yeah, or something like an injury is probably yeah. the most common yeah and then after they start taking them um even after their injury is healed they keep on taking them because they're so addictive mm-hmm. um and just like a little bit in depth about the opioid epidemic so it kind of started when doctors began prescribing patients painkillers that were marketed as less addictive than they actually were so these opioid companies like market them as like not being as addictive as they were but many people became easily addicted from them and from 1999 to 2019 nearly a million people died because of opioid overdose and this includes opioids used both illegally and the ones prescribed by medical professionals Mm -hmm. so it is super devastating that a million people died from this preventable thing yeah um yeah but recently a case in the Ohio, what was it? Idaho, oh yeah, Ohio. Sorry, I'm not mm. happening today. But anyways, uh, recently there was a case that happened in Ohio, basically against Walmart, CVS, and Walgreens in their role in um distributing opioids during mm. this epidemic and their role in sort of like you know helping people get access to opioids and like essentially killing people through their access to opioids um and so there was like a case filed against them and the ohio um judge actually decided that they must pay combined 650.6 million dollars um for their role in the opioid crisis and these stores are walmart cvs and walgreens so this this is like a really big step um mostly because opioids have just been such a big deal and a lot of these companies like these big companies that aren't necessarily opioid companies but the opioid distributors have not been he- been held accountable at all for their role in this mm-hmm. epidemic so seeing it happen is really important mm-hmm. um basically he's the judge that like decided this was Dan Aaron Polster and he ruled that over the next 15 years approximately 306 million must be paid to Lake County and approximately 344 million must be paid to Trumbull County, which are two counties in which these companies sort of distributed opioids and had a big role in it. Um, They said that the pharmacies abused their position of special trust and responsibility as registered dispensers and in so doing fostered a black market for prescription opioids. So honestly, that's like a really big deal saying that like Walmart 
had a black market like that's a big deal Mm -hmm. um but their response to this was like very interesting but kind of expected they said that the um basically all of them were kind of like defending themselves walmart released a statement that said they sued walmart in search of deep pockets and claimed they also claimed the trial was engineered to favor the plaintiff's charges and that walmart actually like it's it's um role in this was like exaggerated um they said that they and cvs said that they strongly disagree with the court's decision so they're basically like saying that they didn't have a role in it but honestly they did and that's kind of undeniable so yeah yeah Yeah. so it's good that they're finally um having to take responsibility for like their role and yeah yeah, the crisis which was truly terrible and check out our opioid crisis i crisis i think is what yeah, we call it. it the um crisis. check out that um episode if you want more like in depth about that yeah okay you ready to go to the next one yes okay so my next um update is about an islamic state militant getting sentenced to a life in prison so um let's talk a little bit about the islamic state first of all um it's a terrorist group it also is like goes by like isis and isil there are like a lot of different names for like isis is i'd say the most like popular well-known name for it um but it's also like the islamic state um and i was really confused on that because it just there are so many like names for it but that's just you know if i say islamic state it's it's just the terrorist group um and they're, like, an extremist group of Sunni jihadists. And then, like, I've talked a lot about Sunni and Shiite. They're two branches of the Muslim religion who, like, have different views on the successor of Muhammad. And um, jihadists are people who believe Muslim, like, or Islam is, like, the only real religion in that, like, they should fight against people who don't believe in it. So they often, like, use violence. And in the case of, like, ISIS or, like, the Islamic State, they have used so much violence that they perpetrated on, like, so many communities to, like, basically in hopes of, like, I guess, like, spreading their religion. But it's, like, yeah. And exterminating. Yeah, and it's it's an extreme interpretation of the religion, too. Not, like, everyone who's part of that religion, like, acts like this yeah um so anyways a member of the islamic state cell known as the beatles was sentenced to life in prison on friday and there was this group called the isis beatles and they were like three mass terrorists and they were famous for like their british accents so they're kind of like named after the beatles like singing group oh like but yeah um yeah and they like brutally executed um a lot of different people including journalists and humanitarian relief workers like the executions took place during the like the rise in syria of the islamic state and um in april a jury concluded that el shafi el El Shaikh, um, who's like the man being convicted um, for life, was part of the Islamic State cell, and now he's going to be punished for like his role in that. And um, he's 34 years old, and he was found guilty on four counts of hostage taking and four counts of conspiracy. Um, and he was actually sentenced to eight concurrent life terms without parole. And the reason they do like eight life terms, because you like a life term is just life so why would you need more than one is because like if they appeal the decision it makes it like harder to like like if they get rid of one life term they still would have like seven others basically so it just makes it harder for them to like get out of it um and the Beatles, which was like the group that this man was a part of were like known for their abuse and torture of victims like there was one instance in which they like forced two men to beat each other while they performed a mocking like play-by-play it was pretty bad um and the three members were were 
Al-Shaikh, Alexandra Cody, and Mohammed Mwazi, and they were said to like have grown up in West London and volunteered to fight for the Islamic State group in Syria, and they ended up guarding Western hostages, and like U.S. authorities have said the, the Beatles like beheaded 27 hostages. That's like a lot of people. Um, so yeah, and Al-Shaikh, who's like the one I'm talking about, he was born in Su- Sudan, raised in London, and he was like, his crime, he was accused of conspiring to kill four American hostages, James Foley, Stephen um, Soltoff, Peter Kazig, and Kayla Mueller. Um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty terrible, like, what they all did. Um, and actually, the man, like, appealed the decision, but uh, the effort was, like, rejected, and he was sent to a high-security prison, so... Um, they're not using death penalty on him because prosecutors argued that a life sentence was needed to prevent him from, like, causing future harm, but also to, like, set the precedent for, like, other crimes so they'll get a strict punishment because they felt, like, life in prison would be, like, worse in this case. So, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, it's pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible, but I guess it's good that they, someone got sentenced at least. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that's, it's just sad to see things like this. Mm -hmm. And they're so common, but, yeah. yeah. Also, I feel like people think that only, like, terrorist attacks happen in, like, the U.S., but I don't think people understand how many terrorist attacks happen in their own country. It's incredibly frequent in, like, other countries. Like, it happens in Syria, it happens in, like, all these different countries. Um, It happens in Islamic countries far more than in in like the u.s i mean like 9-11 is a huge terrorist attack but yeah. there are many other terrorist attacks where people have died in other countries and it's kind of like a commonplace thing yeah. in other countries too and so. they like attack their own like people like they attack mm-hmm. people of the same race same ethnicity I- even as long as they have a different religion as long as they're like not yeah. sunni and like there's even like yeah like the sunni shiite like yeah. sect division there's even conflict even though they're both part of the islam religion yeah, there's yeah. conflict within there too so it's not even just like whether you're in that religion it's even more complicated than just that so yeah, yeah. it's like even if you're part of the specific that's like i don't yeah it's it's basically like saying one branch of the religion will like attack the other branch even if they're mm-hmm. part of like the same basic same. foundation yeah. yeah exactly yeah okay next uh, next update is kind of interesting especially mm-hmm. for me i thought this was really interesting um it's definitely really sad but it's also just it's just like you know interesting i feel Mm -hmm. like i don't know how to word that better but (laughs) yeah it's like it's like good to know about and like interesting to learn about yeah and hopefully it will help in the future with things but basically it was a study done by the yale school of public health and it was uh basically a study done about fracking sites and the impact on Mm. like health when people are born near fracking sites and they conducted the study and it basically came to the conclusion that children living near fracking sites and fracking wells at birth are three times more likely to develop leukemia that's that's a huge increase in risk it's terrible um could you explain to us what fracking is yeah so like fracking is a type of mining basically where you like which one is it i get mixed up like is it like it's, I think you, like, break rocks and, like... Oh, okay. Wait. Is it, like, under... <laughs> Subsurface mining? Because I did this entire, like, assignment about this in geography, but I forget. Yeah, it's in the injection of a fluid oh, okay. at high pressure into an underground rock to open fissures and allow trap gas or crude oil to... So, basically, like, they, um, 
inject like rocks with like high pressure fluid um and -hmm. basically they do it so it releases sort of like gas and oil from the rock in order to like get natural gas and oil which is what we use a lot of the time for factories and just like and it's a main energy source um for different Mm -hmm. types of things and it's a very common thing but it it has a lot of like negative side effects and Mm -hmm. this is definitely one of them yeah so this report is very alarming. It was published on Wednesday but in the Environmental Health Perspectives Journal, and it looked over a 400 cases of acute lymphoblastic leukemia out of a sample of 2,500 Pennsylvania children aged 2 to 7. And the form of leukemia that is most common in children is like leads to other health problems later in life. Um, mm-hmm. And from this, like, sample group, they found that the people who were, like, closer to the hydraulic fracking wells were way more likely to have developed leukemia um, and to be a part of that group with leukemia. So this study, like, basically found that um, the risk for those living within two kilometers of a fracking site and who were exposed to utero, like, definitely increase their chances of leukemia and um basically the reason why this is is because fracking can use and release chemicals that like you know they use to open the rocks and like just different processes to get the gas out that can be linked to cancer so Mm -hmm. the so like when when those chemicals have either like there's been leaks of the chemicals or the chemicals are just released somehow and people are breathing it in or just like even you know somehow interacting with contaminated materials then that can definitely have an impact on like whether they get leukemia or not um so fracking pollution is like a really big issue right now um it's very important to keep note of because it, it said that they can lead to exposure of contaminated drinking water and it also has like a correlation to the distance but it 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 since it is so like the process requires so many chemicals to be injected into the ground, which basically forces the oil and gas up into the well. It basically, like, entirely, you know, it, it's not safe for anyone, pretty much. It, it's super dangerous, especially when it's located near a place where lots of people live. So I think in the future, like, what this is trying to tell us is to, like, better prepare for... um fracking sites in general like Mm -hmm. to better prepare planning out and just how to increase safety when it comes to it so yeah yeah um i think it just goes to show like the negative a lot of the adverse effects of like mining because fracking is only one type of mining there are also a lot of different ones that are like bad for the environment or bad for like the water supply and this is like creating causing like leukemia which is pretty terrible so there are a lot of adverse effects to like human activities that we kind of overlook a lot yeah and by the way leukemia is like a form of cancer yeah 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 so yeah it's yeah all right last up he dated the day all righty last one let's end it let's see is this a good one i hope oh well this is this is definitely an important one it's like sad just that this happened but it's also important to like know about so a black couple sued after the valuation their house went up and i'll talk about like why that is like happened so there was a black couple from maryland and they um recently sued a local real estate appraiser and an appraiser is someone who like basically comes up with the market value of your home so they look at your home and they like okay this is worth four hundred thousand or like three hundred thousand or like whatever they think it's worth um they come up with that value and the value of 
the couple's home went up by $300,000 after a second appraisal shown by a white colleague and after mm-hmm. they, like, whitewashed the house, basically. Okay. Um, and they're suing in violation of the Fair Housing Act, which basically makes it illegal to discriminate against um, different things, like gender, race, like... Mm-hmm. And they're basically saying that when the appraisal went up, like, the reason it was so low when they were the ones showing the house was because they were discriminating against them since they were, like, an African-American couple. Yeah. Um, and according to the complaint that the couple filed, um, and the couple are Nathan Connolly and Shani Mott, um, they applied to LoanDepot.com to, like, refinance their home. Mm-hmm. And refinancing is when, like, a homeowner can get a new mortgage for their home with, like, a different interest rate and, like, a different loan, so stuff like that. But anyways, so they were trying to refinance their home, um, and it's a four-bedroom house in Homeland, Maryland, and the neighborhood they live in is like predominantly a white neighborhood um and the company they used was called 2020 valuations and it was owned by shane lanham and they performed like the appraisal on their home and um they came back with an appraisal that was like pretty low and um Connolly and Mott, who are the homeowners, um, then reapplied with another lender and, like, whitewashed their home, which meant, like, removing photos of, like, their black family and, like, having a white colleague present the property to the appraiser. And this, um, the new valuation after the home was whitewashed came back at $750,000 when it was only $472,000 before when they had been the ones to show it. Um, so... Basically, they were saying that the motivations for the low valuation before were racist because, like, as we can see, it went up so much. And this is not the first time this has happened. There have been a lot of different, like, African-American homeowners who have faced this or filed lawsuits because there was, like, bias towards their home because of their race. And it's really terrible. But, you know, it's good that they're filing a complaint. So for sure. Yeah, that's... I think racism is just, like... I don't know why. Okay, never mind. I was going to say, like, I feel like it's more prominent right now. (laughs) But that's, like, not true. I think I just, I'm realizing it more now because I'm, like, more involved in the news. But it's all obviously been happening, like, all over the place. I think, like, um, a couple years ago, I kind of just, like, thought, like, we're over that stage. Like, our society isn't racist at all. Like, we don't like in the past we were but we're not anymore because we abolished slavery and we like did all the stuff and got rid of all those bad practices that doesn't mean that there isn't racism like integrated into our society still because there still is in so many different aspects of life like buying a home there's psychological bias there's like extreme just racism and it's still prominent so yeah i'm not gonna say it's definitely not more prominent now than it was before it it like i'm not saying last year was somehow non-racist and this year is more racist i just think that when you grow older you sort of realize like you realize more things and you see more things and you're able to like just um be more involved in those things and it makes you realize like how inherently racist a lot of things are still yeah yeah yeah. so um that's pretty much our news updates for the week um do you have any good news for us good news um I don't know. We finished the first week of school. That's Yeah, good, I, I mean, guess. it's good to just kind of, like, get over it because now you can, like, get used to the routine more. I feel like the first mm-hmm. week is just chaotic, but then when you get into it, it's, like, it just becomes your, like, routine. Yeah, your life. 
And you get used to it, so. Yeah, for yeah. those of you starting school, good luck. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, stay tuned, follow our podcast, follow our social media at we are underscore youth org, and check out our website, weare-youth.org, mm-hmm. and stay tuned. All bye. right, bye. Hi, everyone, I'm Ahana. And I'm Celine. And welcome back to another episode at the We, we are, are Podcast. podcast. So today we have like a Friday topic and we're just going to be talking, you know, mm-hmm. just just having conversation with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk. Yeah. Just like talking. Yeah. So recently, like I've noticed this a lot just recently, how like going back to school and like being around people all the time has kind of like made me realize how little of like how little we care about ourselves which is i feel like something that people talk about all the time and it's kind of like okay yeah like we get it like everyone's like self-love self-care but like what does that even like actually mean you know like what is even self-love slash self-care like what even is that besides like giving yourself a face mask yeah, on no, Friday I, night. I, I read something and it was really interesting. And it was about like refuting how like our whole image of self-care is entirely wrong. Like, because we think self-care is like, you know, like going to a spa and painting your nails, which which is very important. Like having those like relaxing um, avenues or like doing activities that like make you happy or like calm you down and stuff like that is very relaxing. Um, but they were basically talking about how self-care is doing this stuff that you need to do. Like, getting assignments done, doing work, like, doing stuff that you need to do so you can feel like that's off your back and then you're, you know, like, doing self-care is doing your to-do list and trying new things and, like, um, all this different stuff. And it's basically refuting how, like, we think self-care is just, like, putting on a face mask, but it's about, like, doing things you have to do and need to do for yourself to, like, be able to, you know. Yeah, and while I kind of agree with that, I also think it's important to realize, like, so I agree where that's coming from. It's, like, mm-hmm. saying that, like, self-care is basically making sure that you are being, like, w- who you want to be. And you are, like, taking the steps that you need to take and d- completing your interests. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, it is important to have a balance between the two types of self-care. But at the same time, I think people think self-care of as just, like, an act, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, self-care is just an act of putting on a face mask or the act of finishing a to-do list. But self-care can be enough or, like, it can be as simple as, like, realizing something even or, like, Mm -hmm. stopping doing something, which Mm -hmm. is kind of, like, counterintuitive because people are always, like, self-care is, like, taking extra steps to do some things for yourself or, like, taking extra steps to make sure you're happy or taking extra steps to finish these things. But I think self-care can also just simply be, like making sure that you can your everything that you're doing is not for other people i think self-care is making sure that what you're doing is for yourself and yourself only i mean Mm -hmm. and while it's good to like care for other people i think a lot of the things people do do it solely for other people and i'm not talking about like acts necessarily like i'm not talking about like gift giving or like making dinner i'm talking more about like things that you feel pressured to do Mm -hmm. because you want to fit into a certain group or like be with certain people and i think part of self-care is realizing that that doesn't what what and what doesn't make you happy and like selene said like 
following your to-do list, like, the things that you actually want to do, mm-hmm. and not just the things that you feel like you need to do, mm-hmm. are um, very important. Like, doing things that you actually feel productive and fulfilled in is a form of self-care. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think sometimes working out can be a form of self-care, because it, it might seem counterintuitive, because it's like you're doing something that requires physical labor and work, but I think that can be a form of self-care if, like, that's what you want to be doing. If that's one of your goals is to stay healthy and maintain that, or, like, cooking a new meal can be self-care. I think self-care is something that, like, um, isn't influenced by other people. Like, kind of like what Ahana was saying. Like, it's it's something that you want to do for yourself and not for anyone else. It's not influenced by outside forces. Other people don't create that for you. Self-care is doing things that you want to do, that you want to accomplish, that you feel like doing in the moment um, to better yourself or help yourself or like grow a stronger connection with yourself um, and that can be like meditating that can be like a lot of different things and yeah yeah and I think what something that's like so prominent these days mm-hmm. is that people have such little sympathy for themselves mm-hmm. and by that I mean like we always you know are preaching about having sympathy for others you know we're telling everyone like put yourself in someone else's shoes, you know, like, think about what they're going through, always do things for other people, and do things, like, you, but when it comes to yourself, everyone's, like, you always have to be 100, you always have to be productive, you always have to do this and that, and that makes you feel like you're not enough ever, like, Mm -hmm. you don't have, you have such little sympathy for yourself that even after you did something, and you accomplished something, and you're doing things that make you happy, you feel like it's not enough, like, when you're having a rest day, and you have nothing to do, you're, like, why do I have nothing to do? Like, I need to be doing something. I need to be doing this for my future. I need to be productive and do something for someone else. I need to always, it always feels like you're never enough. Mm -hmm. And you never sympathize with yourself and be like, maybe I don't need to do all this stuff because I feel like I need to do this stuff. Maybe I should just do it if I feel like it's good for me. You know, like, I I don't need to do everything all the time and that's okay. But instead, I feel like most people these days adopt a mindset where it's like, I'm never enough and I always have to be doing something and I always have to be 100 and I always have to have this attitude and do this to be a productive member of society. Mm -hmm. When in reality, I think having sympathy for yourself and sort of realizing that like, it's okay to not be productive today. Like, it's okay to like not have something to do all the time and not to do things for everyone else all the time and it's okay to just like be unproductive for a day or two yeah I think we have a lot of double standards kind of for like how we treat ourselves and how we treat others because we're often like a lot nicer to other people than we are to ourselves or like I notice like if I like if someone else like cancels plans I'm like okay like that's fine like I don't really care unless it's like a huge deal or something I'm like okay great but then when I cancel plans I feel like a terrible person like oh my god like why am I doing this and I feel really guilty but if someone else had done it I would have just been like all right like I think it's something where we have double standards for like our behavior and how we should act um that don't apply to other people because someone could do something and you just wouldn't care but then if you do it it's like wow like like if someone else got like an 80 on a test it would be like okay fine but then if you get that grade then it would be like 
oh my gosh and I think like setting double standards for like how we treat others and how we treat ourselves and not treating ourselves as well as we treat others or like stuff like that can be harmful and we should treat ourselves like a friend like a friend of ours because we are like we you are a friend of yourself you know if that makes sense because you've known yourself your entire life more you know yourself more than anyone else you know every thought that's gone through your head and everything about yourself and you've supported yourself the whole time so you're you're like your own best friend you know like that's who you are to yourself so start treating yourself like that you know yeah and i think we're gonna introduce a new thing on this podcast you know how people say treat others like you want to be treated i say treat yourself how you want to be treated (laughs) Treat yourself the way you treat other. Wait, I, I mean, yeah. Although some people, it depends though, because sometimes you like treat other people like badly. No, I mean, <laughs> so okay. I think you should follow treat others how you want to be treated and treat yourself how you want to be treated. Yeah. So yeah. it's like both, you exactly. know. And um, I I definitely think like gaining sympathy for yourself could be a really hard thing, and a lot of people still figure it out and it takes a super long time to figure out like how to be sympathetic towards yourself and like learn how to be okay with not being okay yeah (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's a long process um and then the second half we can like talk about ways we can you can like start gaining sympathy for yourself but i think the first step is to just like stop like just whenever you feel like you're not doing enough just stop and think like is it that I'm actually not doing enough or is it just that I feel like I need to do more to be like other people? Or is it like I feel like I need to do this because I feel pressured to do it because other people are doing it, you know? Right. like, and, and when you think about it, like when I think deep down into like a lot of things that I do, uh, the majority, if not all of them, are for like like pleasing other people or for mm-hmm. like because someone else wants me to do it. So you need to find those things where you think about it and you're like, this is actually just what I want to be doing. It has nothing to do with any anyone else. Like, this is just something I want to do. And find those things and hold close to those because those are important because those things are just for you. And that's a form of, I think, self-care and self-love, doing things that are just for you. So Yeah, and I feel like, especially now with, like, media, I feel like people feel like they need to... Um, wear a certain style of clothes that they hate because it's in fashion it's Mm -hmm. like no one at the end of the day actually is going to care the only person that's going to feel bad at the end of the day is you if you Mm -hmm. don't do what you actually want to do so gaining sympathy for yourself and like realizing that you are not as looked upon and you are not as inspected as you think you are is Mm -hmm. important and it will definitely definitely help you in being more happy I think ultimately yeah Yeah. like I felt pressured to do things in the past like I felt pressured to um I don't even know like do different events that I didn't want to do because I felt like I had to do them in order to keep my my reputation even or like to just like keep doing these things so it it was definitely like me not being sympathetic towards myself and then I think as I like learned more about it I started realizing like I don't need to do this just so that I I impress other people Mm -hmm. and I'm still working on it obviously like I still do things sometimes to please people but Mm -hmm. I think I'm definitely getting better and learning that like at the end of the day, it's going to be way more impactful on you than it will be on anyone else. And at the end yeah. of the day, it's going to hurt you more than if it than if you did the opposite thing, then it hurt them. Yeah, and it, it same goes for the opposite. It's going to help you more than it's going to, like, like doing the things that you want to do is going to make you feel 
you know, better. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That being said, I think we're going to end off our first half right there. Um, Stay tuned for the second half for more and just more strategies about how to, like, do this. Yes. All right. Hi, Hi everyone. everyone. Welcome back from the break. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you so? see how in sync we are? That wasn't planned, by the way. Yeah. It's we just actually like didn't a practice it. Neurological mm. It's a neurological explanation for. I, you know what? I don't know. But um, Ahana's actually kind of a genius. She, like, figured out. Okay, like, this is going to sound stupid, and I feel like no one else is going to think this is actually smart. But, like, I can't. I, okay, I didn't know where freckles came from, and then I randomly came up with an explanation of why people have freckles, and it was actually right, which. Probably isn't that big of a deal. Honestly, though, I would have said from... I thought people were just... Born? With yeah. I thought they were just ingrained in your skin from a young age. But then why do freckles... Why did some freckles go away then? Oh, because some damage can go away. Yeah. Because, like, as you said, your skin... That's why you wow. lose tans over time. That's completely unrelated to the episode. But shower yeah, thoughts, because, am I right? Because self-love means wearing sunscreen in SPF. Okay, can we talk about SPF real fast? Because I'm um, actually sure. gonna cry. Sure. Wait, if I what? Okay. If people don't, okay, this is literally SPF is like free cancer protection. Yeah, it's not free, but you can find it free at a lot of places. Like a lot of people give out free sunscreen at like fairs yeah. and stuff. I got free sunscreen the other day, which someone stole from me, but I got it, and it okay. was at a school fair, okay. and people hand them out all the time in little bottles. So if you mm-hmm. can't afford sunscreen, get it for free, and also. Just to put it in perspective, cancer treatment is, like, way more effective than sunscreen. Or way more expensive than sunscreen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seriously, like, it it is really easy to just, like, put on sunscreen before you, like, go out in the sun or, like, go out all day and just reapply it every two hours. And there you go. You're helping your skin so your skin looks better when you're older. You have less wrinkles. You have less of a chance of getting cancer. I mean, there's so many reasons. So many reasons. And also, sunburn just sucks. Like, it hurts. It burns. It like, burns your eyes. It burns your lips. It burns your back. Yeah. It burns your face. And, and I feel like some people, like, they, they, they want to tan. So they, like, go out purposefully without sunscreen and, like, lay in the sun for, like, five hours. And it's, like... First of all, self-tan. Like, spray tan. Wear a spray tan. Yeah. Literally looks the same. Do Probably tanning like, cream or something. Yeah, do tanning cream. Honestly. Also, I tan with wearing sun. You can tan with wearing sunscreen, actually. Yeah. Like, and it's better for you because the effects are, like, reduced from the, like... Yeah. What do you call... UV. UV. Why am I forgetting the name of Ultraviolet the rays? Ultraviolet radiation. Oh, yeah, UV rays. I, f- I thought it was, like, UAV, and then I was like, no. I think that's also a thing, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe... Okay. But anyways... So Wait, that's unrelated to, like, anything. Be protected. Oh, and also, wash your hands while we're at it. Like, yeah, honestly, like, these are all forms of self-care. <laughs> yeah! Sympathize with yourself enough to realize that do you want to be tan for yourself or for others? <clears throat> okay, that's... Or you could just say sympathize with yourself by, like, not trying to increase your chance of getting Build cancer. yourself today for your future. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. A wise person once said... Yeah, back to the... Actually, no, you're not wise. Never mind. (laughs) Anyways, (sighs) so we were talking about sympathizing with yourself and how important it is to realize, like, being... Self-care is much deeper than just putting on a face mask. Mm Self-care is, like, having introspective moments where you realize that you're... um, a lot of the things you do are not for yourself at all. They're not even helping other people. It's just that you feel like you need to do something. Yeah. You feel pressured to do things mm-hmm. for other people. Um, What's an example of that for you? For me, I feel like last year I went to a dance. 
and it was terrible. It was really bad. <sighs> it was called, it was like a color dance, and it was stupid. I think this year I'll probably enjoy it more, but last year I, like, didn't even want to go, and I just went because. Um, be- and I, the reason it was so bad is because, like, I didn't know anyone. I was new to the school, so I kind of just stood outside and, like, was just, like, didn't know where to look, didn't know where to go, didn't know what to do. So it was just kind of stressful, honestly, and it ended up being, like, traumatizing. <laughs> Not traumatizing, that's a bad way to put it, but it was just, like, a bad experience. And I, the only reason I went was because I felt pressured to go, and it wasn't for me. It wasn't, like, because I wanted to go. It was literally just because of that. Yeah, and obviously it's good to try new things and, like, branch out because you may end up liking it in the end. But if it's something that you don't want to do at all and the only reason you're doing it is to appease others, that's a whole different thing. Like, I'm not going to the dance this year. I'll go to homecoming because I actually, like, enjoyed, like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. being fancy and, like, you know. Um, But, like, the color dance this year, I'm not going to go because I didn't enjoy it last year and it's not something that I want to do. Like, I feel like I could be doing other things. I could be reading a book. I could be doing so many other things that i would enjoy like 10 million trillion billion times more yeah so and sure people will call you oh my god you're boring oh my god you're a nerd oh my god you're not cool enough to go to dances but at the end of the day no one actually cares oh my god this was never turned on the whole time no yeah so like I think sympathizing with yourself is just so important even in situations like school dances like like we talked about like you know i didn't want to go to the school dance and i did and it was terrible experience. At the end of the day, no one really cares. <laughs> yeah, and at the end of the day, you don't have to force yourself to like something that you don't like either. Like, if you didn't have a good experience, you don't have to lie to yourself and say that it was good. Or you don't have to, like, t- tell everyone that you loved it. Like, if you didn't like it, that's fine. Honestly, There's nothing wrong I think with that. the best form of self-care is to stop gaslighting yourself. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I gaslight... Okay, what is gaslighting? Just to, as Gaslighting a- is basically, like... What's the best way to put it? I guess it's like like making someone believe something that's like not, not true, true, basically. Yeah. Like like a lot of this happens a lot with like this is a pretty like severe example, but with like abuse, like someone can like gaslight their partner into like believing that they're they aren't being abused even if they are, like something like that would be like Yeah, and I feel like people all the time with self care, they gaslight themselves, which is like weird if you think about it, like how can you gaslight yourself? It's basically like you make yourself think or believe or feel something that you know wasn't there. Like you try try to convince yourself that you like something because you feel like you should like it or like you try to convince yourself that you enjoyed something or that you should do something even though it's something that you know you don't want to do but you're just like i should do it like this could be fun even though deep down like you know that you will never be okay with it and you'll never be fun with it and that can be so dangerous because not only can it like cause you to do things that are like not true to yourself Mm -hmm. but it also i feel like can be bad in certain situations like like friendships when you're like in a friendship and you try convincing yourself that like the other person isn't as bad as you think they are they're like this wasn't that big of a deal but then eventually it turns into that big of a deal and it turns into something that like you that you should have like you know taken seriously the first time because you're like oh this like actually was bad and if I just listened to myself and was real with myself sooner then I could have prevented all of it Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah yeah um so i think in terms of like building a relationship with yourself of like um like self-love and like self-sympathizing i think a like a good way to start would be just like like reflecting on yourself and like 
I think we said this before, but like realizing what you're doing that you enjoy and just do those things and focus on those things and like take time for yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think taking time for yourself and just not feeling pressured to do everything all the time is like so important just to de- do it. And it's like obviously we talked about this before, like everything you like everything you're perceived as is because other people are different or is because other people there's someone to compare you to and that while that's true i think it's important to realize that other people don't define you and that by that i mean like when we say that everything's relative to one another we mean like everything you are is relative to one another like another person but that doesn't make you better or worse than anyone Mm -hmm. like you could be um considered what like better at math because someone else had a worse score than you but that doesn't make them dumber that doesn't make them worse than you it just makes them different and that's okay and it's okay to have different interests and different personalities different wants different needs different desires than other people because everyone is like different everyone is neurologically just unique and realizing that and sympathizing with yourself and realizing that you don't need to be and do things like everyone else does in order to um, be happy or impress people is what ultimately will I think at the end of the day make you happier and something that will like lead you to realize that you know you need to be a little bit kinder to yourself mm-hmm. sometimes and less hard on yourself yeah I agree um I mean yeah. yeah I mean I think I've said like pretty much everything that comes to mind on this topic yeah um yeah yeah do you have any like last tips about like like things you can actually do besides like thinking and stuff to help you sympathize with yourself um yeah I think like if you catch yourself like being like mean to yourself I guess or like judging yourself like think well I guess this is kind of a thinking thing oh okay, okay like for like acts for me I think it's just like Honestly, I feel like journaling could be good because then, like, you just spew out stuff that Mm -hmm. you, like, don't even know that you are thinking Mm -hmm. and it just, like, all of a sudden and, like, it sounds stupid, but, and I'm in student council and, like, our last class, our teacher, like, did this thing where it's, like, you, like, she gave us each, like, a piece of paper and she's, like, you have eight minutes and you can write down anything you want and I'm going to take them at the end of the day. No one else sees it but me. So just write down everything and I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to talk to you about anything on this paper if you don't want me to, but just, like, write down and tell me all of your, like, frustrations, all of your happy things, just where you're at in your life right now. And, People who thought, like, diarying was lame or, like, journaling was stupid or, like, they just never even considered in the first place were kind of forced to do this activity. And the amount of people, like, you, like, the amount of people that wrote, like, multiple pages of stuff that they were just venting out was actually crazy. And I think just, like, doing that for yourself mm-hmm. or, like, yeah, it, it's just, like, a good way yeah. to do that. Like, I journal when I'm angry a lot. Like, one time I wrote, like, 20 pages, like, in journaling. And I just, like, it, like journaled for, like, two hours straight. Because it was just, like, a very, like, stress-relieving activity. Because it's, like, sometimes you don't want to just tell other people about your feelings. Like, yeah, it's good to have that one person you can go to and tell them things. Or, like, tell your family everything. But sometimes you just want to get ev- get everything out there but you don't necessarily want to tell someone. Like, you just want to have your feelings on a paper. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to tell someone else about them. You know, like, sometimes it can just be, like, releasing 
everything you're feeling and onto that paper and that can help you like move past certain things and like um realize certain things so yeah and i think that's probably one of the best things of course doing things that you love is a great way to do things um just taking a break honestly Mm -hmm. from everything and just chilling out um learning to say no just all that stuff sometimes like something i do is like i like power off my phone for like you know like a couple hours or just like the entire night like sometimes I just come home from school and I'm just like annoyed at people and I'm just mad and like I am so like pissed off so I just like turn off my phone or something or like put it on airplane mode because I'm like I can't or like turn off my Instagram and like limit social media and like put on time limits for like a minute and then I like do it so then it's gone so I like can't do it anymore because sometimes just doing that and just like going for a walk and having getting rid of the temptation of your phone and just like reading and doing things that don't require like social media or technology that's just like things to do with yourself I think is really important yeah and I think that's also really useful because like when you're not seeing all this stuff on social media you feel less pressure to do things because you're not like seeing everything that everyone else is doing and that can kind of just like help you like not feel like that social pressure Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that's a great strategy but that being said i think that wraps up our episode um, that's pretty much all i have and i hope this helped someone so yeah um stay tuned follow our podcast of course follow our social media at we are underscore youth org and check out our website we are dash youth.org stay tuned and follow for more all right bye